to entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's please pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. What's up, boys and girls? How's everybody doing? Yo, it is time for the drive-in speaker box. What's going on, everybody? I am your host, Bo, the boom operator. And I am Slick Doggy the Grip. And we are we are here. We're here in the studio. It's another it's another Monday night. It is April 4th, 2022, getting close to tax season. Hope you guys have your taxes or whatever it is that you have to do kind of together. Don't wait till the last minute like everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, and write your congressman about why TurboTax is bad for our country. Uh, that's a whole other soapbox, the uh, the Bo Rogan experience where I tell you no, about you <laughs> about why um, our economy is set up to fail because of companies like Intuit. Because, uh, um, you know, you, you realize that the, the... They just got in a lot of trouble. They did. Um, and, and it's funny because, the you know, people go, well, if the government knows why... Or how much we owe them, why can't they just tell us and we pay it? And they go, well, because companies like Intuit and the other tax preparing uh, software and Hewlett, Hewlett, um, what's the, uh, not Hewlett Packard, but Jackson Hewlett or whatever they are, they have lobbyists in Congress that say, no, 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 it's a huge industry that employs all these people to prepare taxes. So let's leave it convoluted so that you have to hire us because we create jobs and then uh, we'll prepare the taxes and create jobs to make it more complicated for the American person and uh and now you know that's that's why all our taxes are hard is because lobbyists anyway uh that's a different podcast thanks for tuning in like and subscribe this is the driving speaker box we're gonna be talking about movies and the conspiracies and insanity behind those uh so thanks for joining us find us on facebook twitch and youtube you can uh subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts if you want to get the audio version of this podcast and listen to it on the go so you can do that uh vince over there already with the shake it up uh emoji over on twitch al hardy saying nothing wrong with TurboTax, except for when you know that it could be even easier um let's see tony howdy garrett or, or howdy y'all tony garrett over on youtube furious apology and log loge web already dropping subs while we were uh in the uh intro screen nice. so yeah good good on y'all thanks guys um but the first bit of news i know we would we said we would talk about it um this week and uh travis brings it up over on facebook so we'll just go ahead and dive into it uh, Travis on Facebook t- uh, comments: The 112 Drive-In is to reopen this last season on Friday, April second or April eighth, twenty twenty-two, featuring Sonic the Hedgehog two and the Lost City. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two coming out this weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But for those of you that live in Northwest Arkansas and are in our, you know, sort of lo- local listening radius, you know, back when we used to be on radio, we said that a lot and it meant something. But um, you know, now uh, since there's people all over the country and maybe even the world listening. Um, we have a drive-in theater here. It's, you know, one of the like last remaining 500 drive-ins in the United States. You know, it's kind of a precious historic commodity and our particular drive-in has now, uh, gone up for rezoning, uh, with the city of Fayetteville and they, they published the plans. Uh, I'm going to see if, I'm going to see if I can get those plans pulled up, um, for, for you guys over here. Um, my, my keyboard. Why, why, why hasn't my keyboard working? Oh, geez. Oh, geez, guys. Well, maybe I'll mess with that in a minute. But uh, the plans are out there, and there is a tiny little screen over in the corner that they're like, well, we're going to still preserve an outdoor screen for your outdoor screen for viewings. For the residents of the uh, student living area. So here, here is the, the problem with that is these are proposed plans. So they say the proposed outdoor screen screen which any any of that stuff is you know they'll 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 put the plans out there so the the community will be like oh okay so they are hey you know what don't don't get mad we still we saved a screen for you we did that in the 
proposal. And then when everybody forgets about it, when it gets lost into the bureaucracy, red tape that is city planning and, and all that kind of stuff, they'll go, mm, well, let's just, uh, we got to make some budget cuts because, you know, that's just what, how things go. Well, you know what? I think the first thing to cut is the actual drive-in. And let's go ahead and cut that. And I studied these plans. And one of the things that I noticed about these plans is that, uh, you know, and, and, and then this is relevant anywhere you live. If you live in a place that's being gentrified or if there's, you know, historic landmarks being torn down for condos, which is something that's happening in cities all over the country, um, look at the plans and go to City Hall. Say something. I do all the time. And I'm just a dumbass. And, and they, I stopped a parking deck from being uh, broken ground for almost a month just because of a little old me. And I got phone calls from construction companies and they were not happy with me. And, you know, you, your voice can make a change. But, but the point I'm saying is um, I looked at the plans and most architects and designers don't understand movie theaters, right? You know, for those of you that are listening at home, how many times have you said, man, you know what would be cool? An art house theater that played old movies and independent films. I mean, it would be great. I'd go. I'd love it. It'd be awesome. And what you forget is, I mean, Jake used to work at a movie theater. I've worked in and out of this this industry forever. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes at a movie theater that you don't see, like projection, uh, uh, you know, projectors and film reels and and uh, stereo, you know, all the all the speakers and the control rooms and you know all this technical infrastructure and huge square footage you're talking about heating and cooling that is insane. Um, it's they're humongous humongous things to to build and maintain and um architects are just like hey you know we'll put a screen outside it's a drive-in right yeah fuck it and uh that's what they want they want to they want outdoor screen we give them an outdoor screen whatever (laughs) and nowhere in the plans is there like a control booth Mm -hmm. for the projector that projects it's not a big tv you know it needs a projection booth and also uh, if you notice, if you know anything about city code, which I'm that guy, like every parking lot and every outdoor, like walkable, whatever has a certain outdoor lighting requirement, right? You have to have certain light posts every so many feet. You have to, in parking lots, you have to, it has to be well lit to, you know, so muggy and rapey and stabby things don't happen in the dark shadows. Um, you won't and- be able to see the screen. That's right. Light pollution is caused from external sources of light. And when you have too much development around a drive-in, you cannot see the screen. Ta-da! So clearly, clearly, they did not put any sort of confederation in these plans. And um, yeah, so the, the, this, this drive-in's bullshit. Uh, their plans are bullshit, and it's going to go away. And you know, uh, as Vince says, you know, tons of people say they go and they do not. Just like the art house theater, they, they're not going to go because it's too expensive. You'd have to go every single freaking day. And um, as Furious Apology says, art house cinemas rarely are really struggling to make a profit because they're basically charities. Because the tiny percentage of people like us that would go. I mean, we're only two guys, you know, and it, and it takes a lot to run these theaters. And it's not just, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be cool if you guys went every week and saw these movies that you never heard of? But the problem is you don't. And, you know, that's one of the things we try to get people to do with this show is go out and see things that you've never heard of. Go out and take a chance on a movie that you may or may not like. You don't know. I mean, we went and saw Morbius. That's true. And <laughs> so, that's you, um, so that's just kind of what we do. But with, this, with the drive-in, you know, everybody... If this is happening in your town, if there's a historic theater being broken down or a drive-in getting paved over, you know, a lot of developers and a lot of people will say, well, what's the big idea? You know, these landowners have the, you know, right to do whatever they want with the with their property. And that's true, 100%, you know. But I do think that there is a certain preservation nature of historic landmarks, you know. Just because you didn't get something registered as a historic landmark doesn't mean it's not culturally or historically relevant. Like getting something re- uh, registered as a, as, a, as, a, as a cultural landmark is actually a huge pain in the ass. That's why a lot of people don't do it. Um, but, you know, when there's only 500 of something left mm. in the country and 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 a thing that when the covid happened helped kind of save movie going and entertainment for a lot of people um just going hey man we need some more expensive condos and mixed use walkable development that no one's going to give a fuck about like you know no because it's too expensive to build it retroactively if there's a need kind of like um, you know, Central Park in New York. Central Park in New York would never happen again. It's just something that happened way back then, and they preserved it. And sure, you you guarantee, guarantee you there's people that would love to develop that land. But they know that if they take it away, it's never coming back. And, um, you know, it's... 
there's plenty of other places to develop in Fayetteville. It's not like we're out of land. We're just out of houses. And they're like, well, we got to have affordable housing, <laughs> says everybody that makes money building houses. You know, so it's a whole thing. Um, Sam says they still have the Marshall Drive-In down there in Central Arkansas. That's true. The, I, I think what um, there's one in the Tulsa, the Tulsa Twin. There's a drive-in in Tulsa. Dallas um, has like a big four or five screen one or something like that. Yeah, so support your local drive-in. Support your indie theater. You know, And if you don't like, if you don't like this development, go say something. Rezoning is a public process. You can go say something about it, you know, and um, it's, it's, if, if you love something, fight for it. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Cause I didn't, I don't want to make this whole show about something that you kind of only have to live in Northwest Arkansas to understand. But, uh, but I promised you I wouldn't bring it up, but it's out there. You can Google, I think the Fable Flyer uh, posted the plans. You can go take a look at them and uh, don't just comment on Facebook and go, I said my piece. No, you didn't. Uh, go to go to go to city hall with a with a torch or something and a pitchfork. Well, maybe maybe not not a weapon, but um, you get the idea. Like a poster, like a like a sternly worded poster. Yeah, with so, glitter and glue stick. Yeah, just arts and crafts your way to equality and justice. Um, that's the way to do it. So anyway, all right. Um, news. Let's talk about. It. Well, you did the Wallace Shawn voice. So, uh, inconceivable. Yeah. So, first thing is, uh, one of his co stars in, in four different movies. Yeah. Estelle Harris passed away. She did. At 93. Dropping like flies, these old people. Um, it's just like, yeah. who'd, have, who'd have thought? Like, yeah. what, what's, what's killing these old people? Inconceivable. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I didn't follow her career too much. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't like a huge Estelle she, fan. She did lots but she of did voiceovers lot. for like Disney movies mm-hmm. and TV shows, and then Toy Story. She was Mrs. Potato Head and all that. Oh, that's so right, Mrs. Potato. Yeah, T Rex. Yeah. yeah. So you and know, she was uh, George's. She was Miss Costanza in Seinfeld. That's right. Yeah. That's the big one. Yep. Georgie. And then it's the the shrinkage episode. Like everybody knows that one because we've all experienced it. Gentlemen, am I right? Am I right? Cold water! Shrinkage! Um, Seinfeld, what a good show. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other news. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you read about this, but there is Crow News. Uh, you know, the... the, the, you're, the you're the dude that likes that, man. I because know. the original Crow's awesome. It's not. The original Crow is awesome. It is, it is, it is a great movie. It, it it captures a period of time, an aesthetic. Um, you know, the director of that film also did Dark City, which is another great film. Um, the the sequels, not so good, not so good. Uh, but the first one, you know, uh, Brandon Lee. I mean, this is an amazing, amazing role. Um, he was an up and comer, taken too soon. Uh, it's like Death Wish and Dark Man put together, but. Death Wish and uh, Darkman. Okay, you just are... sold it for the rest of the nascent. They're like, okay, well, shit, if it's that. I made it sound too cool. You're like, it. it's these two really badass action movies put together, dude. Yeah, well, shit. Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, the, the original film, 1994, um, I mean, it it basically inspired a generation of goths to be goths and, and for wrestlers to be goths. Crow Sting, yeah. And, yeah. The Stinger <laughs> went goth, yeah. Everybody had crow fever back then. And I mean, and, and The Cure did that, that that song, Burn. God, that song was so good. If you're into The Cure, um, you could dream the crow-like dream. Like, it's so good. Um, um, but they have been trying to get this franchise new life for years. I want to say like in 2016, I was reporting on a Crow sequel happening and, and we've been doing the show ever since. And we've never seen a Crow sequel, but 28 years later, they are finally saying that they are getting a reboot. Mm-hmm. Hollywood reporter mentioned it on, uh, April Fool's Day, which is never a trustworthy day, um, although there was a lot of cool news that did get dropped on April Fool's Day that was not fake news, but Bill Skarsgård is set to take on the um, Shadow Smile, I guess is the the lyrics of the song, uh, the character Eric Draven. That's the one that was uh, Pennywise? 
Yes, mm. yes, the the younger of the Skarsgar. Um, and I think uh, uh, that said Rupert Sanders is set to direct, uh, said to have a budget of about $50 million, which is pretty monstrous of a budget, considering Morbius was 75, and that's a Marvel movie. So we're talking, we're talking... This could be a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> Fifty million does not sound like a lot of money for. A, but you think? For a movie. Well, I mean, you know, Crow is not a superpower heavy CGI heavy movie. He's just a guy that doesn't die. It, well, he's a dead guy that doesn't die again. Exactly. Okay. Uh, because love. Because <laughs> let's get that. He dies straight up. In That's the very the like the first yeah. five minutes of the movie, right? Um, and uh, they say the filming's supposed to start in June this year. And I, uh, Sam says, just bring back Ernie Hudson. Like Ernie Hudson's still alive. He's still kicking. He's still awesome. I would love still to see. In I would love to see Ernie Hudson. I and you know, you know, they'd be an idiot not to bring Ernie Hudson back in as some sort of like you know he's like a retired detective and uh, he's the only only one that, that still lives in the city that knows because didn't the, like the, the the girl character from the first one in like City of Angels like grow up to work in like some like heroin den or something and like i don't know it was it was when she had like like wing tattoos and it was it was a very strange hot topic and inspired time in all of our lives but um yeah i'm really pumped about it the crow soundtrack is one of i mean again it was like lost highway and the crow soundtrack where like if you worked at hastings or any cd place like it was everywhere. It was the it was the films the film soundtrack that really launched the whole sort of phenomena of albums that were music inspired by, and uh, you know it got people into listening to soundtracks, which uh, got me into which is the, the whole birth of the show is me getting obsessed with soundtracks. So um, yeah, thank the crow for me. You're welcome, <laughs> crow. Um, Anyway, uh, let's see. Sam says he wants a Rocketeer shadow team up. Um, <laughs> says every World War II surviving granddad ever. You know it would be great, Sonny, a Rocketeer and shadow team up and get the Phantom on board. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, uh, that would be fun. Um, let's see. Um, what else do we got in the uh, in the comments? The mask. Everything had a soundtrack, man. You know, and it wasn't until like the, the um, early 2000s where soundtracks were coming out that music was not in the movie at all do you remember those yeah it was like godzilla there was like a godzilla mu music inspired by the motion picture godzilla so they'd slap the movie title on there well that the 90s godzilla the matthew broderick one had that uh song with jimmy page and, and mm-hmm. p diddy oh yeah awful that one yeah yeah it was pretty awesome i'm just gonna drink this gin from the bottle not awesome it was really really bad that's just how we do that was really good i don't see a a crow i don't see crow working again and if it is they're gonna have to change the whole thing well i mean goth's coming back you know there's the goth culture is, is as strong as it ever was um, you know, it's just, it's like industri- the industrial side of it, I think, has gotten lost somewhere along the way. Uh, or like the, the, the noodle hair, like rave dancers that were like in, you know, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines or whatever, you know, and they're like, oh, what house are you? And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm a house. Uh, what are the, what are the, all the noble houses of, you didn't play that game. I played that game. No, that's a, that's um, a you thing. That's a, yeah. I'm, yeah. The, I'm the odd man out in the room right now. For sure. Well, I'm looking at my very goth fiance over here, just <laughs> agreeing she with could, all of the. She could school you, because mm-hmm. and it, and it's out there. I mean, Hot Topic wouldn't still be around if there wasn't a whole bunch of goths out there spending money there. I mean, yeah, but they sell like anime stuff for they target that's goth now. Like it's cool. Like goth is like inspired. Like anything that's just sad and like has a lot of black. Um, you know, because goth people are pretty accepting people. They're just like, you know what? You got feels. Come on, man. Let's let's just cry about it together. Or if it's uh, Invader Zim, dude. Invader Zim is the coolest. Did you see Revenge? Like the the Night of the Schlorpus or whatever Florpus on Netflix. That mm-hmm. was good. Invader Zim's awesome. I never got into it. It explains a lot. <laughs> Invader Zim is so cool. I liked uh, like all real monsters and things. I like that's all not the goth. Preceding. Uh, it's not angry. Weird oddball things. That's that's weird oddball. Zim was angry. The thing mm-hmm. that the, the, the goth uh, the, like like Invader Zim is he hated filthy dirt humans. Like, and that's a lot of a lot of goths are just 
you know, and, and I'm pretty goth adjacent. Like, uh, you know, I'm wearing a Lost Boys t-shirt. I'm pretty sure that you gave me. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the resounding she was very theme. Of that. She wanted the Tim Capella shirt. The resounding thing of that is just like people are dumb and I'm mad about it. And, um, yeah. So, oh, Tony over here, Bruja's getting grad to get degrees. Bruja, that was the angry, like almost, you know, bordering on werewolf style, but still vampires. That was the the, the Bruja's. Uh, Vince, uh, I I would not say that I'm goth. No. Oh, not, no, no, not at all. Mm-mm. I mean, you are wearing an Elvira <laughs> Mistress of the Dark no. t-shirt. Yeah, but, but uh, like... yeah, I mean, that's just because you like titties. No. Um. Unbelievable. <laughs> Calling them out. Um <laughs> Wal- uh, Sam says, I was Walmart goth with my Wranglers and Silver Series Velcro shoes. Walmart goth, I, I mean, you know, you just, e- everybody's a little goth sometimes, okay? You know, it's okay. It's okay. We got to get you in some ma- mascara, bro. <laughs> She's been trying. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't think it would work. Uh, no, it works. All you got to do is apply it, and it sticks. I don't think your eyelashes or, or your uh, your eyeliner is impervious imagine, to makeup. Like, no, I think I'm in that, like, uh, how Tom ma- Selleck, how, Sam Elliott. How many subs do we got to get on Twitch before Jake will come up in here with some manscara? Full goth. <laughs> well, we could- with, like, a styled mustache and, like, manscara. Like, uh, yeah. How many subs will it take, Jake? Well, if we did 15 for years the other day, there you go. 15. 15 subs, and we get goth Jake. I am down for this challenge. As long as it can come off before I have to go to work. After oh, work. there's one. We've got one <laughs> sub. All right. There we go. What else is in the news? <laughs> you putting on makeup, apparently, <laughs> is in the news. This is going to be uh, weird. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Imagine, like, Tom Selleck or Sam Elliott and, and like, doing that. They do it because they're actors. Hmm. That's how the actors work. Now, I watched that movie, that like cyberpunky uh, Tom Selleck movie with Kirstie Alley, where he's like the cop that shoots the robots. There was no makeup in that. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember that one. Uh, Blake says, All right, what are y'all most looking forward to, movie, TV series, to in this year? Um, well, one's already out, and it is uh, not coming here anytime soon. It's coming soon. It's from A24. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Really want to see that. Um, there is that train movie, which I always forget the name. The Bullet Train. Um, oh, and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. And, um, uh, 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 the dude that played Ugio in Last mm-hmm. Samurai. Um, that one looks pretty cool. Uh, a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe. I, I'm not, I don't get excited. Like, these TV shows I'm not really excited about. I'm not really excited Al, about. name the movie Runaway. That Runaway. Was, yeah, yeah there we go. Alan Sam, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, looking forward to that. There's... You know, not a whole lot of TV shows I get really excited about. I mean, uh, I just started watching Outlaws on Amazon Prime. It's a new series. Got Christopher Walken and um, uh, what's his name, uh, Stephen Merchant, mm-hmm. and some other folks. It's a BBC series. It's pretty. It's pretty cute. It's pretty fun. I don't know. It's okay. It's just passable for the time. Um, the Northman we, does look cool. The uh, Northman does look cool. Common there. Uh, I actually, I'm. I want to see if Sonic 2 holds up like the first one did. You're pumped about Sonic 2. Did you see that Jim Carrey wants to resign? I just like that the the posters and uh, the trailers show nothing but stuff from From the the video games. Yeah, they like recreated the cover of Sonic 2 for a poster. uh, And the trailer has a lot of video game stuff that's like, hey, if you're familiar with the Genesis games, then you'll recognize this kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and, and Vince says Severance is good on Apple TV+. Plus. One of the reasons I don't get excited about TV shows is because I don't get excited about subscription services. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'd be like, I'll watch that, but I'm not going to go out of my way to pay like $14.99 a month for something that's like, I'll just do the trial, and then I forget about it. Like, I've, I've had a Shutter account for, you know, three years, and I maybe watched a total of four days worth of Shutter programming. It's usually when Jim Bob, or Joe Bob Briggs does a... Uh, a special, but it's it's just like God, I, and I can feel them taking my money, and I hate it. And I, I realize what I'm actually actually genuinely excited about. Top Gun is finally coming out. That's coming out very yeah, soon. So Maverick. So it's only what month. two and a half years delayed. Uh, delayed. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. Well, um, 
Well, that's coming out. Uh, other things. Let's let's go ahead and talk about that bubble movie since we're talking about streaming services and stuff. We'll, and Netflix and how I never use it except for when something like that happens. Yeah. So the bubble. Uh, it's trending on Netflix. It's a new film. It's got a you know it's from Judd Apatow, who's you know everybody thinks he's a comedic genius. Um, it's got a huge like ensemble cast. Uh, and it's funny because uh, Jake came in and right before we went uh, rolled cameras, we were still in the, the the lobby screen, and he's like, "Did you see that movie Bubble?" And I was like, "Yeah, I tried to watch it, but I could only get like through thirty minutes, and I turned it off. It was so same. insufferable." And he was like, "Yeah, it's the exact same. Yeah, like I it it was just torture, like to have to be watching it. It's like I could maybe kind of, like I, I'm not the kind of guy that can have a movie running in the background while I'm doing other things because mm. I think that's just insulting to a movie no matter how bad it is. Well, if it's the first time I've seen it, I got to you got to you got to watch it. Yeah, but even if I have a oh. if I have a movie going in the background, a lot of the time I'll be like, "Oh, what's what's going on in the movie even though I've seen it a 100 times." Same. Same. And yeah. this movie was just so insufferable. I could not sit through it. It was just big oof um it was just painful mm-hmm. and and then there's, there's like 45 more minutes left to go and i was like Ugh, i can't i can't i can't do it so sorry guys it was just so rough that it only we only got through 30 minutes yeah i tried watching it last night and then uh i couldn't do it and i tried picking it up again today and i'm nah, not no. Uh, Vince asked, what's it about? It's about a film crew being talked into coming back to doing a sequel to a, a crappy series of big-budget monster movies, and it's in the middle of COVID. Yeah, so a- the bubble is their little group of quarantine group while they're filming, and it's kind of an inside joke to working on a film set mm. during COVID, and I've done that, and, and it's still not that insufferable. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's uh, Yeah, it's a movie about covid and having to be actors during covid and just how they all get upset that they have to uh be put in quarantine from time to time or whatever and uh how it drives all of them nuts because they're locked in a room for two weeks with contact only with like one or two of the same people <laughs> and delivery over. drivers and a, and right. fancy hotel rooms and anything that they asked for being delivered and a fishtails pinball machine uh which was in the corner that i oh. noticed um yeah, it was it was terrible. So it's them dealing with COVID and then shooting a movie at the same time and and back and forth and and back and forth and It's one of those forth. movies about making movies that's just not good. Right. Like there are movies we've gone as Blake knows cuz we've talked about it. He's brought the topic up before. It, it is one of the movies about making movies that is just 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 terrible. It seems like one of those things where it's a lot of the people that are in Netflix projects and they got signed on and they have contracts or they have to do so many and they're like toss them into this one. Yeah, they're like you're going to be in this movie like I really hate the idea that I get well do do you hate money? Yeah. And contracts? Um, Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a thing. Um, Let's see. That's that's really about there's a Robert Rodriguez is wanting to reboot Spy Kids Mm -hmm. for I'm money reasons money. It's all money. They go. Why would they do that? Money. Oh, uh, they they released that scene from the Batman, the removed uh, Joker scene. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like a thing that's been making its rounds. Too much Joker. I'm Jokered out. I'm I'm so Jokered out. Yeah, I always hate when the Joker shows up. Uh, it's like you almost made it. We were there. We were there. I was like, oh, cool. Batman movie with Joker free. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm still here. <laughs> Vince bringing up that time where I was like, oh, there's only like a handful of movies about making movies. And then you named, yeah. A like thousand, a thousand of them. Of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this last week. I don't think I did because I think I haven't been here since then. But did I tell you I went and saw um, uh, Alton Brown? You were going to go do it. Yeah, ah, you said yes. something about yeah. So I went. I went and saw Alton Brown live in Tulsa. He does a, a, a stage show called Beyond the Eats. If you guys are familiar with celebrity chef Alton Brown, star of Food Network's Good Eats, Chopped, and host of Iron Chef America and all other sorts of fun culinary things. Sam uh, got a chance. Yeah, over on Facebook, he got a chance to catch it in in, um, in Little Rock, I believe. He was playing there. Um, fantastic show. I didn't realize, and I've been a big fan of Alton Brown's for a long, long time, uh, but I didn't know he would, he did stage shows as far back as 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy can put on a really good stage show. You think like, oh, what's a chef guy, a scientist chef guy going to do on stage? But, you know, if you don't know Alton Brown, he's basically the Bill Nye, the science guy of food. And it was an incredibly fun two hours. Like, it was a really good time. 
Um, if you have a chance to check out this show while it's in your town, go see it. You don't have to, I mean, it helps if you have a passion for things culinary, but it's not a requirement. Um, it helps if you're a fan of Alton Brown. It is not a requirement. Uh, he's just a really fun dude and he jet fried like 15 pounds of chicken wings in 10 minutes. Like he built a giant, like a, he hates air fryers. So he built one out of like 16 industrial like heat guns and he's like yeah it gets up to like 900 degrees and like and he had like a captain's wheel on it and it was and he it was it was pretty badass it was a lot of fun uh but anyway highly recommend that show if you check it out because uh live theater is is fun um hamilton just wrapped up here in northwest arkansas for those of you that are into live theater you missed that if you haven't seen it um then you know it'll probably be back at some point because it made all of the money. Like tickets, I, I was gonna I was about to say you gotta have all of the money to go watch a stage show. Though oh, pff, man, it's crazy. Like here at our local Walton Art Center, you know, I was um, I was thinking, I was like, oh, my, my mom and my sister would really love to go see this. You know, maybe I'll get them a ticket as like a preemptive Mother's Day or something gift. And um, they were like four hundred and forty nine dollars a ticket, mm-hmm. and like that Broadway is not even that expensive. I've been, and uh, I'm like, whoa, whoa, Northwest Arkansas, five hundred dollars for a ticket? Because you know, four forty nine is just the the front price, and there's gonna be fees and you know whatever, and five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars for two people to go see mm-hmm. Hamilton. No. Well, that's why uh, when I went and saw Book of Mormon, the only chance I had of going to see it was uh, getting the lottery, uh, the giveaway tickets they mm-hmm. had, uh, which my friend Phil was able to achieve for us, and he and I were able to go. And uh, but that was the only way to do it. Otherwise, nah, no. Yeah. It's like a full paycheck to get a ticket. To go oh, and it. as Vince says, in Little Rock, no, we're talking Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in Little Rock. It did go in Little Rock. Yeah. They went. Um, for, uh, I met one of them. Uh, in one of the Hamiltons. Yeah, they told me how it all worked, and they they done Little Rock, and then went to Houston, and then Mm -hmm. came back and did Fayetteville, and then they're well, they were all out drinking on Block Street, apparently. South Carolina. I think some of them came into Pinpoint, and were having having drinks, but uh, but there you go. Uh, Let's get into the new releases this week. Um, That's about it for the news. We're gonna be talking about. We're gonna review Morbius here in a moment. Oh, 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 oh! One last bit of news. Oh my God! I almost forgot. Oh my God! I have been. So, oh, Tony asks over on uh, YouTube, how much is Kraftwerk? They're playing at the momentary. I think tickets are between eighty and a hundred dollars. So, to see one of the most legendary, iconic bands in electronic music in the history of electronic music, uh, eighty bucks is uh, kind of a steal. So, uh, I plan on trying to go to that as well. So, Kraftwerk playing in Bentonville, Arkansas, later this year. Um, there was a huge announcement. It was a teaser on April first, and then an official. There's a website and a teaser video. We're getting more Monkey Island. Oh. More Monkey Island, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's not movie-related news, but it is important to me. Ron Gilbert making a sequel to Monkey Island 2, so making The Curse of Monkey Island kind of somewhere not canon, but... uh, this has been some of the greatest news that has happened this month for me. I am so pumped about it. Uh, Return to Monkey Island coming this year. Couldn't be more stoked. Ron Gilbert bringing the whole um, cast back. Super, super awesome. Um, Could not be more excited about that. Uh, Yes, as Sam asks, it is a video game. One of the most influential pirate video games in the history of point-and-click adventure games. I mean, Sea of Thieves, which a lot of people play, is directly inspired from Monkey Island. Um, Every bit of pirate humor and and movies, like that, that it's a claymation movie, Pirates or whatever that came out, that's very Monkey Island-inspired. Like it, it just sets the bar for pirate humor, um, it and and point and click adventures. Like it's oh, it's popular, so good. Popular area there, pirate pirates. Humor. I mean, well, there's that HBO show out right now, Pirates but. of the Caribbean. There is Monkey Island stuff in Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean. Like it is just you know, do 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 do. Like it is just it's so good. Um, Cassandra's coming in with the $60 for members on the craft work. If you're a member of the Momentary, you can get cheaper tickets. Uh, Vince said, I'm with you, Bo. That trailer looks so rad. Yes, it does. It has the demonic pirate skull, Murray. And it kicks him off in the water, and it's it's pretty good. Anyway, all right. Enough of that. Enough, enough of that. It's a movie show, not a video game show. But if they made a Monkey Island movie, I'd probably be mad about it, but I'd still go see it. Um... <laughs> 
movies that are coming out this weekend. Uh, we already teased about one of them. Uh, it's playing at the drive-in as well. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming out from director Jeff Fowler. Um, Idris Elba coming into this one. we got Jim Carrey uh, reprising his role as a Dr. Robotnik. Uh, and I don't know if you saw that Jim Carrey has been toying with the idea of retiring from acting. Uh, he's just like, I kind of did everything I need to do. I don't really need to do this anymore, and it's not as fun as it used to be. Um yeah, so hmm. I mean, good for Jim. Do 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 you, man? You don't have to. You don't have to do it. No one's no one's twisting your arm. But uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two. You know, we've talked a lot about the Sonic movies uh, mainly because how interesting they are and the fact that they listened to the the internet community and, and got money because of it because it worked. They did what we said. You know, and and that's kind of what we ask a lot. It's just just do what we say. Well, do what the fan do what the fans have proven they like. There's times to for it, and then there's other times where it's not such a good idea. Maybe this is also true. But you, you more like Halo, for example. Mm. Here's a video game that has a rich story, a rich everything. Uh, fans that love it, um, pretty much just do 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 the story. You know, some people will will. Watch the cut cut scenes and not and skip the gameplay because it's a good story. They're like, oh yeah, let's check this out, and then they'll cut it. How about just make a movie of it, and then you you got it. I've been seeing a lot of Halo fans trying to justify it and be like, well, I mean, it's like the best adaptation uh, to the live action. It's like nah. that sounds like an abusive spouse, right? You know, I mean, like you make ex- for- forward unto dawn. Was the you make excuses for the things that you you passionately want to love. And like you know, like oh man, you know, it's just, I'm just gonna make an excuse for this. I mean, that's you, you just don't know it the way I do. And it's like you're, you know, you're 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 addicted to pizza, and you're like, you know, you don't need you don't need that pizza, but you're like, it's just so good, it's right there. But pizza, you got, but you're delicious, it's, baby. It's del- you're delicious, baby. And you know, even though we all know it's bad, uh, people are still gonna make excuses of it. Um, oh, and Vince also brought this up. This was news. I don't think we reported on it last week because man, time flies. Uh, he said, speaking of retiring from acting, we now have a reason why Bruce Willis was doing so many crappy $1 million a day in Bulgaria movies. Which um, even the Razzies were like, oh, maybe we should undo that like category we created just for him this year. So Yeah, because uh, he has aphasia. Yes, so that that came out, and he's retiring from acting as well due to this condition, and uh, you know it's sad because Bruce Willis had you know was was a hot, was an icon, uh, he you know not so much in rock and roll music but definitely in movies, and uh, and and in in um, Hard Rock Casinos or no was it no Planet Hollywood Casinos and restaurants, um, he was one of the co-founders of uh, Planet Hollywood. Was he? I think so. Um, I. I, I, I <laughs> The, the brain is saying yes, but I don't have any facts to back that up. Uh, maybe maybe one of our diligent viewers will and say, yes, that was correct. Um, but it sounds right. It does sound right. It's like the uh, Expendables cast or just the Planet Hollywood guys. Just the Planet Hollywood guys. But uh, but it's really sad. You know, Bruce Willis, um, a prolific career in, in not just action movies, but, uh, you know, um, Christmas movies and, uh, no. He, he, <laughs> Sam, without Die Hard, there would be no skyscraper. This is true. With a one-legged rock. This is true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's always sad. You know, Hudson Hawk, a really awesome character that I've always, always loved. Uh, but Bruce Willis, everybody has a Bruce Willis movies that they like. I mean, Kevin Smith came back and kind of felt bad for talking shit on Bruce Willis and his performance of Cop Out because uh, he was just like, Bruce Willis is insufferable to work with, and this is why Cop Out sucked. And now he's like, well, I'm so sorry that Bruce Willis has like, got a disease. I was like, dude, Cop Out was like 10 years ago. I'm sure he was just a piece of shit back then. You know, um, like, just because you get a disease now doesn't mean you weren't a piece of shit 10 years ago when you didn't have the disease. Like, you know, it's it's okay. You know, you, you, you can... That 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 phrase that that statement can stay, but just don't call him a piece of shit again. Like that that's that's, that's the way insults and jokes work, guys. They're not. They have expiration dates. When you say someone smells in 1994, and then maybe they start taking a bath for the you know the next 10 years, and you call them the same smelly, and it doesn't doesn't it doesn't land the same, guys. 
You know, just because you you say that someone's got a GI Jane haircut, and then you know, uh, it's just, it's just that that's that lands right there. Well, that's and the other so, thing talking about stepping away from things. Uh, Will Smith left the Academy. Mm-hmm. But he still gets to keep his award. I still think he this still gets to visit uh, and and be invited to events. It's just he's not going to win any more awards. I'm still standing by my tinfoil hat theory that this this is this is a this is a Banksy move. I don't know. Netflix dropped his projects and uh, maybe he, he wants that. Off, I think so. He could. Yeah. You know, maybe he's looking for an that out. That way he doesn't end up in the bubble. Right. Maybe he's looking mm-hmm. for an out. You know, a, a, a graceful media heavy out. I don't know, man. Did you? We don't understand the inner thoughts of the rich and famous. They're crazy. They they exist in a world that's not like ours. They don't, you know, they don't breathe air and eat regular food. They're, you know, they're 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 not of this world. They're inhuman. <laughs> anyway. Um, Let's see. Tony says, I have a really cool set piece for your studio. I want to trade. Trade implies you want something from the studio. Hmm. I don't know. Everything here is sacred, but we can talk. You have to slide into our DMs. Um, Let's see. What's the other movie that's coming out? Ambulance. Ambulance from director Michael Bay. There's no Transformers in this movie. Did you see that Michael Bay admitted that he made too many Transformers movies? Because, like, Steven Spielberg was like, hey, you should stop. They're bad. Stop doing it now while you're ahead. And Michael Bay was like, no, I'm going to forge on. And then now he's like, I made too many of them. They suck. (laughs) It's true. That was in news this week. Michael Bay was like, oops. Michael Bay. So I'm trying to remember way back. If you close your eyes and take a journey with us back when Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer were friends. And if you remember that. Talking the rock. if If you remember that time. It was a beautiful time, a time full of explosions and a time full of car chases that made sense mm. and a time full of action movies that 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 resonated with with more than a box office. Like when Jerry Bruckheimer and Michael Bay split and started doing their own things, thinking they were both talented directors. That was the beginning of the end, guys. You can't you get we that there was a yin and a yang of balance that came between Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer. And then they all got you know, like most people do, they had a lust for power. And uh, and then they, they, they thought they were just too damn good like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg when they tried to make Indiana Jones four. It just it was just like, No, I'm the brilliant one and you're like, No, you're actually not, you're the stupid one. No, you're the stupid one and then it, you get a giant CGI monkey ant fight and um, and that's like the, the monkeys are George Lucas and the ants are Steven Spielberg and you're just seeing a visual representation of probably how shitty it was to be on set. Um Michael Bay, I think Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer need to come back, though. <laughs> I think they both just need to stop. Well, that too. I think that that would work. But uh, it's about two robbers stealing an ambulance. And we've got Jake Gyllenhaal uh, and, you know, uh, y- uh, y- Yaya uh, Mateen the second He was in Candyman. Um, I think it looks kind of boring. Yeah. it It looks, you know... Oh, we got some bits. Nice. Thanks, Furious Apology. Um, I, it it kind of reminds me, like, it's like Michael Bay wanted to make Heat, but didn't really do his homework. Hmm. You know, he's like, I want to make another Heat, where it's like a, it's like an action thriller with low stakes, with a really great cast, but uh, it's all about, you know, the character study in this, like, heart pounding. It's like, Michael Bay, you don't, character study is not something that you know how to do, so just stick to stick to explosions and maybe sequels to bad boys um but uh vince said michael bay also said the cgi and ambulance sucked why is there why is there cgi in a movie about an ambulance bank robbery that's where we are people why do we need cgi in these movies like maybe if the ambulance turned into a dinosaur like okay cool or same but, instead of transformer or a tra- yeah or a transformer okay yeah i get it but you know you you i think a part of hollywood's problem now is they're too afraid to take risks and we've got these studios that won't do any stunts anymore. They just CGI everything because they're like, oh, gosh, can't risk anybody getting hurt or a cold or COVID or stumping their toe and suing us and, you know, their hair falling out. Um, just be, we just can't, we just can't risk that. Like, where are the Jackie Chans of the world? We need them to save cinema. But anyway, that's coming Insurance out. Insurance companies don't let that happen anymore. Insurance. Ugh. 
Don't get me started on that. Uh, that's what's coming out in theaters this week. Uh, there's an AHA documentary coming out, but of course it's not going to come into a theater near you, but I want to see it because AHA is a really good band. Um, let's see. Let's talk about Morbius. we got to spend the rest of this time on this show because uh, that's the title of this video So um, and the title of this podcast. Morbius, the living vampire, the latest installment in the, the Marvel no. sponsored Sony movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's its own thing. The SSU. Have you not seen that? The Sony Spider-Man universe. I love how like at the beginning of the movie though, where it does the like Marvel flip, 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 flip like here. Yeah. It's the MCU movie. And then it goes in association with Marvel. And it's not, you know, the same logo. It's very similar, but says in association with. Um, so yeah, you 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 jump on this one. I'm I'm gonna take another swig of sapphire, uh, and you you uh you tell you tell you 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 lead the way, and we'll. Did you ever read Morbius comics? No, I did. Did you? Cause vampires, dude. Have you yeah, met me? You would. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, so the, the the premise, I guess, is that there's a brilliant doctor. He suffers from some sort of undisclosed blood disease uh, that also makes him some sort of semi-paraplegic type thing. Uh, and But he's super smart, and he's going to fix it uh, for him and his friends. And through this process, he becomes a vampire through unexplained memes except that there's science. some yeah there's some wonky science uh and then of course after that superpowers happen in the marvel formula of well there's one guy that's like this what if there's a bad version of that same exact thing movie the end <laughs> i mean this that wraps it up um and somewhere in this uh they decided that they were going to do exactly that, and that was their entire storyboard and plot line, and they weren't going to flesh it out any, they weren't going to explain it much, and they weren't going to attempt to pace it uh, in, in any way, but just flash between the scenes and hope that they could fill it with nothing but blurred action that you had no idea what was going on, except that vampire powers. Well, and some people I read that they were like, oh, his powers don't make sense. His powers were pretty much ripped right off the pages of the comic books. I mean, the thing about the thing about Morbius. I mean, what do you mean it doesn't make sense? I mean, they were vampire powers. It's the same thing that every vampire has. They got claws and teeth, and they're strong, and they can kind of fly sometimes. Well, I mean, so the thing about Morbius, that's what he's called the living vampire, is, uh, you know, he... He's not undead. He's not undead, right? Okay, so in one thing that a lot of people don't understand about the Marvel comic book world, that don't read about it, even though um, Blade is... Uh, uh, I'm going to look up something really quick. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Blade were isn't a Marvel character. Like, Morbius and Blade <clears throat> fight a lot. He is a, he is a Spider-Man villain. Um, you know, in the Blade franchise... Uh, he, you know, it, it, it's, it's distributed by New Line Cinema. Um, so New Line, uh, who owns New Line right now? That's, I want to say Warner Brothers owns, owns New Line. And so Warner Brothers is an independent. It's not a part of the Sony or a, so, okay. With the, the, Warner Brothers owns DC. That's right. Okay. So there's Blades out there. Blade interacts with Spider-Man and, and Morbius quite a bit in, in the comics. Um, but you know, the thing about Morbius that makes him interesting is in the fact that there is vampires in this world, right? We, we don't see, see them, we don't hear about them, because Morbius is not a, um, uh, you know, a character that that we are all familiar with, so Marvel's got to ease us, our, ease our way into there. So, the fact that he doesn't have the daylight, he's he, he can go into the daylight. He can he he's not hurt by like holy water and garlic and crosses and all that stuff. But that's to say that there are vampires that exist in this world that are. So if we do see more Morbius, there's gonna be some vampires. If we do see a blade crossover, there's gotta be some vampires because a blade character in a world with no vampires doesn't make any sense. Um, but my problem with some of these movies is, you know, we're we're building. Uh, to use a spider's web, 
uh, 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 sort of example where there's too many flies getting caught up and bugs getting caught up in this web and the structural integrity of this web for us as viewers to watch a live action world of all of the shit that exists in this world is getting very weak. You know, if we saw a Spider-Man movie that had multiverses and then vampires and then good guy, bad guys, and now we've got, you know, Craven in the Sinister Six, but also exists in the world of his incredible Hulk and then also Thanos and then Kroll and now the Secret Wars and then Galactus somehow and then Silver Surfer. And we're just like, oh, God, like the, the weight of our sanity of being able to not just call bullshit on live action versions of this all the time, I think is going to shatter. And I think Morbius is suffering from our our collective audience mind trying to say, okay, this is a Marvel movie. A Marvel movie means jokes like Venom. It mean which this movie didn't have. It means character tie-ins from other movies, which this movie didn't have. It means we references to things that happened in the timelines of other things, which they just had the San Francisco incident, and that was just about it at the very beginning. Uh, and he said, he said that I am Venom, so he rec- it recognized that, that was Venom in a reshoot. Existed. That was in a reshoot. So the, the the reshoots of this movie were to inject it into the thing, like the the post credits things and all the Venom references. Um, that was all done via reshoots because this was supposed to be a standalone movie, and now they're like, how do we connect it into the sequel verse that that makes all these movies sequels to the other? And when you do that, you start comparing these movies with each other. And I think that that Morbius. Everyone's like, oh, this is one of the worst, worst comic book movies to ever come out in the history of comic. That's not even close. Like, I could, there are 15 other comic book movies that are way worse than this one. Um, but the problem with this movie is it's boring. Like, there's just nothing happens. It's. Well, everything that does happen, it just, it just gets thrown out there. It's like, bam, it's there. Bye. It's and, gone. You know, I mean, the thing that makes Morbius an interesting character, uh, you know, is. He is an anti-hero, and most of the time he's a villain. He's a straight-up bad guy in almost 90% of the comics. Like, Morbius is a fucking vampire. He kills people because he has to. He has to drink their blood. You know, the fake, the bag stuff doesn't, you know, true blood doesn't last forever for him. So, then he had a short stint as a vigilante, kind of like Venom, where he's like, yo, I eat brains all the time, but I also don't like bad guys. So, you know, I'm going to kill bad guys and eat their brains. And Morbius, you know, in, in its his early and sort of side stories where he was trying to be an anti-hero, he was always sort of struggling with the fact that he does not want to eat people. And you kind of see this a little bit, but you don't see this sort of, this could have been a really dark, haunting, psychological um, Marvel movie. But as we saw through Legion on FX, People don't really want that. They're or like, that, this that is New confu- Mutants movie. Yeah, they're like, this yeah. is confusing. Can I just get a joke about Hulk's ding dong and call it a day? Like, that's you know, can can Hulk bring Iron Man tacos and we laugh about it and then shoot a bad guy with a laser hand? Like, that's what we want, right? You know, and Morbius is not that kind of movie. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad movie. It just means that I don't think we need this kind of movie, and it, not for seventy million dollars. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It was all... Everything was just tossed together weird. It was bland. It was just very bland. It was it was ramen with no seasoning. Well, like the final battle had no real build, uh, and it was just over. Yeah. You know, and it was too focused on setting up stuff and you know, for you, a different movie. You knew what was going to happen, you know? It was it very was the, predictable. The same the, archetype of best friend turned enemy. Like, how many times have we seen that? With the same powers. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's it's just the exact same thing over. And and I think... Very it, Marvel formulaic. Without but, some of the Marvel trappings, you know? And, and that's the problem is Morbius is not a hero. And everyone's like, well, they did it with Venom. And it's like, Venom's a different character. Venom's weird. And he's it's like in his head and it's it's like this was venom without the attempts at humor right yeah which i think isn't necessarily a problem with the content it's a problem with that's just not what we want in a live action movie like we as an audience don't want serious comic book movies you know and uh, i don't think we're ready for that 
even though comic books tell some really st- serious storylines, I just don't think that we as a kind of a collective audience are really ready to give comic book movies a chance with storytelling that isn't um, just loaded with comedy. That's why the Justice League movie didn't really land. Um, the Batman? There's no comedy in that? No, there was no comedy in that, but it's Batman, though. I mean, I think the Batman franchise is a little bit different. You know, I mean, we we, we, we hold it to a different standard thanks to because it's got it got broy, you know, uh, I think every bro in the history of Sig Ep can like uh, sympathize and go, yo, dude, I'm rich and I'm white and that could be me, dude. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's Batman's the best. Mm. Well, you don't think so? No, it's uh, no, it's not. I no, think no, I'm those guys about, think that's that. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Morbius, you know, an odd character. Uh, when when I heard that they were making this into a movie, I mean, he is a Spider-Man villain. He he's been a Spider-Man villain for a very long time. Um, I can't with the way that they set this movie up. It's kind of hard for me to see him as a villain. Um, they made him definitely the hero of this movie, and I think to make a good anti-hero, he didn't really do enough bad stuff. Mm. Like he killed a couple people right when he transformed. Okay, got it. Like everybody, everybody kills somebody sometimes, right? It's oopsie. Um, especially when you got magic, crazy vampire powers. You got to test them out. You know, you don't know. You're exploring your own body. Things are changing. You got these urges. And there's so many plot holes in this. How did the FBI capture him? They're like, we'll shoot you with a gun. And he's like, oh no, I've dodged so many bullets, but this time I won't. And if he's so fast that he can't get, how did the cameras capture him? You know, if he's just like so so quick, and and he just like goes strike a pose, whoop, and like looks up at the camera, and I don't know. There's a lot of plot holes in this movie, and um, it's not even a great vampire movie. And I like vampire movies, so could have used some more vampire stuff. It could have. They could have incorporated the fact that there are vampires in this world in the after credit scene. I would have really rather seen that than, you know, hey, remember the vulture from another Spider-Man movie? Well, he's back, and so get excited about Spider-Man again because Spider-Man stuff makes lots of money. Big spoiler. Big spoiler. <laughs> like there's no spoilers. It's a Spider-Man character movie. Of course they're going to try and plug this into the Spider-Man universe. But uh, anyway, it's out there. It made a lot of money. Um, everyone's saying that it it didn't do well at the box office because it only made $40 million. And it's like, yeah, but when your budget's $70 million, uh, that did pretty damn good, dude. Because um, Venom had a $110 million budget. Hmm. Um, you know, and this having, you know... Twenty-five million dollars less of a budget and still opening up at forty million. I'd say that's a pretty good move. Um, oh, Sam asks, "Is it was pants worthy?" Absolutely no. not. Um, worldwide, it made another forty-four million at the box office, so it has made eighty-three million dollars worldwide. So that's a ten or thirteen million dollar surplus. So I'd say in its first weekend, I'd say it's a success. So when all when we see a Morbius two and you're like, how on earth did this get greenlit? Well, I've got thirteen million reasons right now on this weekend that that point to why it did, and that's not even counting the next two weekends. So there you go. Let's do the box office roundup. Let's uh, let's go ahead and do the top ten. We do domestic totals only. Uh, Chef Stephen Brooks jumping in on the, on the Facebook chat. What's up, guys? Watching from Hot Springs tonight. Thought it was a good movie. And that's kind of what we were saying. It's a movie that I think it could exist as long as it wasn't in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't think there's anything wrong with Morbius. I just think that it does. we hold it to a different standard being a Marvel movie. Uh, the pacing of the movie just it bothered me too much. I think it could have been a better movie than what it was. I, I think it could definitely could have been a better movie. I think I would have rather seen a Blade tie-in at the end rather than a Spider-Man tie-in at the end. But that's just me. Vampire stuff. Vampire vampire guy over here. Um, you know, all things vampire. You want to you wanna do an episode about vampire history, then tune in in October. Cause Only if we can spend 20 minutes talking about Dracula dead and loving it. We can. We absolutely can. Like, I'll get I'll get some gag where, like, I shoot shitloads of blood every time you stab me. And just go, psh, or yeah. like a camera effect. It's or the Buffy great. movie. I'll talk about the Buffy movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Paul Rubin's death mm-hmm. is one of the greatest vampire death scenes ever. Paul Rubin's is just great. All right. Uh, domestic box office totals for the weekend of April 1st through 3rd. We're going to start with number 10, work our way to number 1, and that's how it's going to be. Number 10, X, which is playing here in theaters. Um... 
locally. You can check it out. It brought in $1 million at the box office from A24 in its third week in release, bringing it up to $10.3 million. I'm going to try and see it this week, and I can talk about it next week. Um, it's a horror movie, so I don't expect you to see it, big guy. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Hopefully, someone will drag him to go see it, and we can talk about it on the movie uh, show that we do. It's um, just, it's it, it looks like a jump scare movie, man. I don't I don't like the jump scares. You'll never know unless you find out. I'll watch it on TV later. Okay, uh, with the night light on and a blankie. Um, no, the yeah. the full light on. <laughs> And a blankie. Yeah. Uh, number nine, every, everything, everywhere, all at once. Only playing in 38 theaters nationwide. So when it got released, it's it's still, it's only in Alamo Draft Houses and limited theaters nationwide. But it's going, it's coming, guys. It is coming hard. So uh, we'll just wait for it. Don't give me that look. Where's your brain? Uh, it made a million dollars, though. So it is, I would say, per theater average, it blew everything out of the water. The number one movie in America theater average was only 9000 Per, uh, per theater. This one, uh, this film only in 38 theaters generated 28,000 per showing, uh, per, or per, uh, per theater. So we're talking like three times as better performing as the number one movie in America. Like these statistics are crazy. Cannot wait for this one. A24, everything, everywhere, all at once. Number seven, or, or number eight, Dog, uh, bringing in $1.3 million from United Artists Releasing. Seven weeks out, has brought in $60 million to the box office. Number seven, still out there in 16 weeks. Spider-Man No Way Home bringing in $1.4 million. Uh, $802 million domestically. It's a lot of money, guys. It's a lot, a lot of spider bucks. Uh, did you see the trailer to the new Into the Enter the Forever Spider Verse? Or no, I missed it. Yeah, well, there's another one. So it looks like more, more wacky animation with Miles Morales, who mm. is actually a cool Spider-Man. But mm. um, you don't like Miles? Eh. He's a pretty cool Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, number. Yeah, I mean, there's one Spider-Man, Ben Riley. I mean, okay, guy. Uh, Scarlet Spider is the coolest Spider-Man. Peter's Co- Cosmic Spider-Man was pretty dope. Peter's lame. Yeah, Peter is kind of lame. Uh, number six, RRR, uh, coming in with $1.6 It's a It's one of the Jake's foreign films. Uh, 1,200 theaters nationwide, though. How did this get a big release? But it brought in, uh, so far in its second week in release, $11 million. Number five, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, the movie, bringing in $1.9 at the box office. Three weekends out from Crunchyroll, believe it or not, uh, bringing in almost $30 million at the box office in three weekends. That's pretty awesome for an anime that most people have never heard of. Uh, number four, Uncharted, bringing in 3.6 with those weeby modes real quick. Yeah, blam, 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 blam with the weebs. Uh, Uncharted brought in another $3.6 million in its seventh weekend release from Sony, bringing it up to $138. we are definitely going to see another one of those. Number three, The Batman bringing in $11 million in its fifth weekend release from Warner Brothers, bringing in $349 million at the box office. That's a lot of money uh, for the, the Batman. I'm Batman. Got them clues. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yeah. I watched an interview with Robert Pattinson, and he said he tried out several different voices, uh, and everyone told him to stop because he's. He said he watched the Christian Bale movies. He's like, I hate the voice. I'm not doing a voice like that. I'm going to do a better voice. Uh, and he said that uh, the like producers and directors and stuff came up and like, man, you got to knock that off. It's not working. You're yeah. going to get fired from this movie. It's like you got to find a better Batman voice. I, and then they I wish Jeffrey Wright would have done the Batman. They voice. make him do it, and and they're like. That's what it is. And he said, once you start doing it, it's the only voice that fits the costume. But it's like, they all start out like, I'm going to do a different Batman voice. And they do like Undertaker in uh, Suburban Commando. Ooh. I'm going to get you, Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like eight foot tall man, big and buff. And they're just like, I'm going to get you. But uh, the producer's like, you got to knock Can't it off. Can't do that. So then it's like, Batman. And they're like, there it is. Nailed it. I, I just, yeah, they're, they're just... That they should just get um, Kevin Conroy to just dub over. Oh, anytime, absolutely! Anytime there's in a costume. Yeah. Uh, that, that, oh, Sam just said that right in the comments. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Just they have a voice modulator and it just makes it Kevin, Kevin Conroy's Conroy. voice. That'd be amazing. Yeah, but uh, apparently every Batman actor has tried that. Like even Christian Bale, like the uh, Batman was not his first <laughs> choice. He was like, yeah, Joker. <laughs> he was like, I'm gonna do it better. I'm gonna do it good. And he's like, I'm Batman. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, this reminds me of, uh, oh, what's his name? Pete, um, Pete something. He's a comedian. He had a... Davidson? No, he had a show, uh, an actually funny guy. Uh, he had a show on <laughs> TBS, but there's a, a series of like funny or die uh, or college humor videos. 
and he's he plays Batman, Pete Holmes. Okay, yeah. And uh, he does Batman, and one of them he does the different Batman voices, and he tries like Kermit the Frog and like all these different things. And the dude, I am Batman. Yeah, yeah. And the dude he's trying to intimidate is like, nah, that's not working. And, and finally, through all the different voice attempts, his throat's just ruined and it becomes gravelly and awful he's like i'm batman he's like, like oh wait what was that that one was good <laughs> yeah but all of the, he tries like 20 different voices they just don't work batman's a hard a hard voice man yeah apparently that's how it really is on set too so uh, let's see. Number two, Lost City bringing in fourteen million in its second week, fifty-four million dollars at the box office for Paramount, and the number one movie in America, as we just talked about, Morbius, thirty-nine million dollars. They're, they're rounding it up, saying forty, because what's millions when it's Hollywood, right? Um, Columbia Pictures, aka Sony, uh, it's part of it's one of their wings. It's the statue lady under Sony. Uh, if you're, you know, you're movie logos but uh but yeah that's their top 10 uh really looking forward to more everything everywhere all at once hopefully that will come out here soon um like i said this weekend we are going to have sonic the hedgehog 2 Mm -hmm. probably be talking about that next week uh if all things go according to plan might try and check out x as well so be sure to like subscribe sub whatever you do on your social media of choice facebook twitch youtube Download this podcast wherever you download podcasts. Uh, Spotify is a good one, even though I hate their ads. But um, it's it's easy to find our episodes. And they're, it's going to post like in five minutes when I click this button and I go over there and I upload everything. No editing. It's all top, off the top of the dome. So um, there you go. Anyway, uh, we're out of here. Thanks for tuning in. I am always your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I am Slick Doggy. And we will see you guys, what, like next week? Yeah. Ne- ne- for real already? We're I guess spin into our Sonic reviews. Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to have such a good time. We're going to eat chili dogs. Oh. Yeah. Can we get chili dogs? We got to bring chili to we gotta the... We got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll bring chili and get one of those hot dogs. <laughs>